it sucks with the TVB back again. You know what that means. I'm Ryan. I ain't lying. I'm Gina with a T duh. We tune in, can't get enough. So drink up and listen up, you be. Oh my gosh, we are back. If you don't know us, I'm Ryan. I'm Gina. And we are the TVBs. Today, we have a very exciting show that is uh, continuing with our June Pride LGBTQIA plus theme. The FX, no, I'm sorry, the Netflix phenomenon uh, released on May 1st of this year. It's really helped a lot of people get through pandemic with a bit of nostalgia. (laughs) It is the Ryan Murphy series, Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, Of course, it has a stellar cast with uh, Patti LuPone and uh, Darren Chris, amongst others. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the synopsis, Gina? Of course. Well, in true TVB's form, we always like to go directly to the source with Wikipedia. A.K.A. in true Gina form. In true Gina form, because I, you know I am fat forward. <laughs> so a little synopsis about Hollywood. If you don't know what the heck Ryan and I are talking about... Hollywood is an American drama web television miniseries starring a, well, I'm just going to say it's starring an ensemble of amazing cast members because this show was created by Ryan Murphy. And if you don't know who Ryan Murphy is, then shame on you. Yeah. But Ryan Murphy is the creator and writer of shows like American Horror Story, Nip Tuck. What are some others, Ryan? A few, an American Crime Story. Yes. And if you know about those shows, and if you know about Ryan Murphy, you know that he befriends the actors and actresses that he casts in basically all of his series. Mm -hmm. So Hollywood is literally chock full of, well, I'll just say American Horror Story favorites. For me, I'm going to say Dylan McDermott. He is by far... Not only, like, if I had a hall pass <laughs> with my fiancé, but he is just one beautiful individual. So that's an example of... You got a uh, slip to go home early, not right? just a hall pass. <laughs> you know Dylan McDermott, he was in season one of American Horror Story, and he might or might not and, have been wearing... Wait, and season two, he played uh, oh, Bloody Face and Lana's yes. son. Yes. And he reprised his role as Ben Harmon in Apocalypse, Return See, to Apocalypse, Murder House. Apocalypse, I think I blacked out of my memory. So but um, season one of American Horror Story, you may have remembered him in that tight, black, spandex suit. Oh, yeah, rubber man. <laughs> rubber man. But anyways, um, we can kind of go back into the star-studded lineup in a little bit. I just had to get greedy with Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Um, but the miniseries is about a group of aspiring actors and filmmakers during the Hollywood Golden Age in the post-World War II era trying to make their dreams come true. The series received mixed reviews from critics who praised the performance of the cast and production value, but criticized its tone, writing, and the artistic license taken. Hmm. And outside of the Wikipedia, I just wanted to read um, this other synopsis that I thought was really, really intelligent um, and just like poetically written. 
The elegance and mystery of the film industry's post-World War II golden era, while imagining an alternate ending in which women, people of color, the LGBTQ plus community, and others who had been marginalized get the leading roles, literally and figuratively, that many are still being denied. And I, I kind of like that over Wikipedia's very fact forward, yeah. but... I do believe that Hollywood focuses on so many different things that we'll get into in a little bit, but I think it's really truly in um, the sense of Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ totally. Pride Month. I'm so happy we picked this show. No, I I, I agree, but uh, as for uh, it being criticized for artistic license taken, I'll get into it in great detail uh, in a little bit, but I truly appreciated the artistic license that they took definitely with it because it definitely speaks to racism in the world as well as in show business. It shows a really gritty side to Hollywood, but it also shows how it could be spun on its head. And I like the fact that they took um, fact and they whimsicalized it in a sense mm-hmm. uh, that makes it, of course, all a work of fiction. But I feel like that a, a, a little bit of truth is always in the fiction. Mm-hmm. And they, they hit every single point from casting uh, within the show, casting it uh, and casting those characters within the show. You're, there are so many layers to everything mm-hmm. from the reintroduction of seeing Hollywood stars such as Tallulah Bankhead and Vivian Lee and Rock Hudson mm-hmm. and Anna Mae Wong, but then they also made some characters uh, a combination of what other actresses have gone through, such as being a woman of color such as being a beautiful star who can't act to trying to force your way as a gay person slash prostitute working through they're fucking their way up to the top. Yeah. So it's like, what are the lengths that you will go to get that leading role or to actually really earn it, which we'll get into those themes in a little bit. But also if you guys listen to be, Bee's Buzz a couple of episodes ago, I uh, highly praised the Scarlett O'Hara War Mm -hmm. because I love um, the golden age of Hollywood. And um, this is in the 40s, I believe. Yes. Uh, So it's the golden age of Hollywood. And speaking of the golden age of Hollywood, uh, I have to introduce our drink of the week. You can catch a picture of it. on our Instagram at TVBS Podcast. Uh, oh, and also, uh, I want to note, listeners, that if you're looking for our podcast outside of the link in bio, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, but we're under the TV Bitches. Yes. I recently tried to do a search for ourselves under like TVB's podcast. But it's under the TV bitches, just FYI. Which is our full name. TVBs just happens to be the abbreviated version of it. <laughs> if um, you didn't know already. Because we love being 
sweet and nasty like honey. There you go. <laughs> um, speaking of sweet and nasty. Uh, what our, are we drinking today? <laughs> it is called the golden age of cocktails. Mm. And what it is, is it is a beautiful orangish sun color that has a little bit of coconut liqueur, a little bit of tequila, and a few fruit juices. For the exact recipe, you'll have to go to our Instagram to see how it's presented with a beautiful American cherry garnish and a golden straw. Beautiful. I mean, I would much rather get a lifetime of these than have <laughs> a golden Oscar on my shelf. Same. Keep uh, these coming. Keep it coming. Um, so in true TV Bees fashion, we will have a buzzword uh, because Bees buzz. And, and Ryan, you're choosing this time. Yes. Yeah, so Gina wrote down a bunch of words on slips of paper. I'm rattling it now. And I'm going to pick this buzzword. Whenever you hear this word mentioned in the podcast, take a sip of whatever you're having. And a word drinking the golden age, as Ryan mentioned. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite words in the entire world. <gasps> Our buzzword is glamorous. Ah! So well, this is truly a glamorous show. So cheers. Cheers. <clears throat> Now, Speaking of words, there is a very fun next segment that I like to say three words to best describe the show that we will be discussing in this episode. And so I guess I'll start off with my three words like immediately that come to my mind when I watch Hollywood and when I think of the show. I chose elegance because yep. there's this sense of elegance in general, from being in old Hollywood, um, from what they're wearing on the red carpet to the way that they position themselves, like within not only media, but within like the community and others, and just the way they're walking and talking, and just like that old school presence of, I don't know, it's like without reality television, without all these like new age. I don't know, cell phones, the new, without the digital age, there's a sense of elegance to a person because mm-hmm. they're stripped of everything but their talent. And yeah. so that's what I think of elegance. One of the most elegant things to me, and I love seeing it in period pieces, mm-hmm. is rotary phones. Yes, <laughs> uh, which they do get a lot of calls, both positive and yeah. negative in the show at their apartments. But yes, so elegance. But also there was, there's also a sense of elegance in a feather or a rhinestone mm-hmm. on a robe or something like that. Definitely. That's a very good word, Gina. Good job. Second is just showbiz in general, yeah. because there's a lot of that. Um, when you think of Hollywood without seeing the show, you think of show business. You think of what goes into show business. But I think Hollywood does a really good job of showing us that show business is not what it seems you know there's so much that goes into the behind the scenes and really like what it takes for these characters and these people 
these actors, these actresses, really everything that goes into a movie, a television show, what they have to put on the line, like, will they go too far? Will they be true to themselves? But then showbiz in a, showbiz in a sense of like, I don't know, like glamour, which, you know, like we can go into later, but like the glitz and glam, the sparkle, the, I don't know, just like the diamonds, the gloves, just everything you think of an actress in that period of wanting to look her very best, of him wanting to look his very best. Um, at an award show or just going out. Yeah. The photo shoots, too, the photo that shoot. they do. Oh, my gosh. Those were Those were amazing. Can we do some artistic black and white shots yes. like that later? And, well, some of the actors are naked, and I'm like, love this. Uh, Jack, is that, is that the Jack, character's yeah, name? Jack, yeah, When he was like, all right, yeah, I'll get and, naked. Uh, um, Rock. Well, Roy, and then they changed his name to Rock. Yes, uh, who's based off of uh, the real-life character, Rock Hudson. Yes. Um, so anyways, showbiz in all of its entirety is my second word. And then my third word is acceptance. Because I feel as though it, there is a twist to Hollywood, as we mentioned. Like, this is a world that we didn't live in in the post-40s era. No. Um, but we're taking a twist as though we were to live in a world where there is acceptance of people of all color. And I think Hollywood is a beautiful example of showing, like, what if we lived in a world of acceptance? What would happen? Yeah. And it's, like, pure magic is what would have happened. And hopefully we can get there one day. But the fact that from post-40s to now, we still haven't truly seen, like, 100% that acceptance. But we we are starting to see that um, with lead actors and actresses that are of color. That aren't just the true all-American Brad Pitt, you know? Like, that's amazing, and I think we have come a little bit we haven't, like, we haven't, further, but we aren't we, there yet. No, we're not by any there. Means. I mean, Halle Berry in the 2000s was the first woman of color to win Snaps. for Best Actress. This show lets that happen mm-hmm. in the 40s. From There's writers a, to directors directors to and actors. The, the director is half Filipino mm-hmm. as an actor and as character. Uh, Anna Mae Wong is heavily featured, uh, who is a real film life mm-hmm. film star, who was typecast as that Madame type, yes. uh, that dragon lady. Uh, the writer is... Uh, the writer is black yes. and gay. Uh, oh, that's right. The, the co-star, black and gay. The which... co-star, uh, the male co-star is gay. The uh, And then the leading the actress, lead actress is, is black. black. And uh, With I read... a co-act... Well, her supporting uh, actress is white. Is white. So I think that's a beautiful like yeah, and melody and, of... and they cast Anna Mae Wong in mm-hmm. the in the movie that they're producing throughout this full. Before I go into my uh, buzzwords, I do want to say I read a review that said uh, something along the line of the show uh, of the show that um, they they uh, expected they. The show makes it appear that at, if the media let this happen years ago, that all of our lives would be transformed uh, because of what we see on celluloid. Mm-hmm. However, 
I think that that's a positive thing, and it should have happened long ago because Mm -hmm. what we see in the media is partially how we're conditioned to think. So imagine everybody way before the race riots of the 60s, the the end of the segregation in the 50s or 60s, um, I think that we would be a lot farther than we were had everybody been as open as Avis was when it came to running the studio. That leads to, like, before you go into your three words, this moment that I'm, like, distinctly thinking about when Archie, Archie. and Brock yep. show up together. His agent at the time, um, who's played by Jim Parsons. The hands, yes. He did not want them to show up together at the award show on the red carpet because this would be seen as something negative And he's representing Rock, who is literally this, like, all-American white. And the agent is gay, mind you. Yes, um, which we'll talk all about, our favorite Jim Parsons, in a bit. But That sloppy fall-down drunk. Oh, love him so (laughs) much. He's literally one of my favorite. Well, we'll go into it. But that moment where he's like, do not do this. Your career will end. And I feel like in today's, well, I think it goes both ways in today's you know, society where some actors and actresses are like, screw it. This is who I am. And some follow suit to whatever their PR agency or their agent or their brands, their sponsors say, but you should really pick brands and sponsors that agree 100% with who you are. But rock was like, F that F you like, I am a gay man and I'm going to make a statement. And so he did with Archie in that moment. And did anything truly bad happen? No. no. Would that would something bad happen in today's world? No. But back then, it probably would have. Well, here's the thing. With the press, you could take one picture, mm-hmm. send it to 20 different agencies, and you're going to get 20 different stories. Well, Justin, well, great. Um... A great mockery of this is Justin Timberlake recently with whoever that was from Trolls 2. He said nothing was going on. Oh, yeah. But he was out with a woman and... The Touching her leg. Yeah, the paparazzi was out, etc. So, like, and it could literally be, like, me and Gina laughing and we're just, like... I, like, grabbed Gina's shoulder because, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, like, that moment and, like, that moment could be caught. But uh, at the end of the day, Hollywood managed to make everything really classy, which brings mm-hmm. me into my first buzzword, which is classic. Oh, and I segue. mean that in the sense that it shows classic Hollywood, but it also shows the classiness mm-hmm. of most of its characters. Which I don't um, think Hollywood was as classy as that. Not at all. They were cutthroat. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, proven by the uh, by the studio head in the series Hollywood. Or if you've uh, ever seen any old movies, everyone's white. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for the maids. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this, yeah, the maids and the servants, yep. which Camille only received those roles. Yeah. Until Until Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you see the classiness, the most classy character to me is Ellen Kincaid, who mm. is one of the executive producers mm-hmm. of the studio, and she's also the mentor, so she gives the classes and she explains things 
that are so convoluted, such as a transatlantic accent, Mm -hmm. and all of the students are in class, and they're working on their diction, and, you know, they can't talk American, (laughs) they can't, same, they can't speak in a British accent, so it's somewhere in between, where they are a little bit more upper class, and everything is pronounced, and everything is accentuated with exact detail. Can you imagine if we did that in today's world? Can we record Bees Buzz like speaking that? a transatlantic <laughs> accent? I think that uh, actress and... was Mary Poppins, by the way. Okay. Um, that's how I recognized her in the immediate. I could see that. Um, what is amazing is she simplified it so well. Well, where would you be? In transatlantic, well, that's somewhere between America and the UK, so I guess you'd be in the middle of the ocean. She goes, exactly. That place doesn't exist. Neither does this accent. But it's how everybody spoke. You watch Neither all does a lot of, of the movies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you could watch all of the movies of Golden Hollywood and actresses such as Joan Crawford. They speak with a certain mm-hmm. elegance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the Hollywood accent mm-hmm. of the golden age of Hollywood. My next word. But can you imagine going to the grocery store and. and excuse <laughs> me. Where are the tomatoes? Oh, where are your kumquats? And they're like, I'm sorry, what, miss? I'm speaking from the middle of nowhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree with classic 100%. Um. Uh, where are we delivering your groceries? The Titanic. Um, <laughs> you know. My next word is actually our buzzword, glamorous. So oh, cheers, Cheers, listeners. clank, clank. That was not planned. Or was it? <laughs> your gremlin ass probably planned it. <laughs> glamorous. Uh, Gina said everything about it when we talked about elegance. That So I'm not going to uh, make you guys listen to me talk about the elegance or uh, the glamorous nature of the show, because uh, I have a lot more to say in future segments about yes. it. Um, also, uh, basically, Gina, two of ours were the same between elegance and the G word, and then acceptance and uh, mine is integrative. Everything mm. is extremely integrative when it comes to uh, male, female, race, and sexual orientation. I and agree. working classes. Every, everything is integrated. Um, one thing, speaking of male, female, that we didn't touch on, which we probably will in an, a later segment, but the change of show from Peg to, to Meg. Meg. Which I just think is like so amazing because I have a lot to say about Avis and all of it is positive. Yeah. Um, and every single positive thing that we see in the show is due to Avis and Ellen. Yeah. I think overall from like our three buzzwords and just <gasps> I just realized Ryan what? Murphy completely switched the uh flipped the switch on this show and instead of the men being in charge all of the women ended up running everything behind the scenes and then got their due credit at the end 
Except for the writing and directing. Yes, but I mean, but all of the decisions. All the decision making was purely from a star-studded mind. Gina looked so scared when I gay gasped at my revelation. (laughs) Oh my gosh! What have we not realized yet? But it is completely true, and I think Ryan Murphy... Bravo. But yeah, it's just showing outside of everything that we've already said that regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of anything. Mm -hmm. Anything that you're born as is out the window and it's based on talent. And that's what I Talent and who you are. Strip us all of everything. Strip us all of, and, and at the end of the day, all of our organs are the same. And by the way, I'm also looking for like an acting role currently. So if you want to hire Ryan and I for your next birthday party. Same. And I am essentially two people. So um, I guess I am too, in a way. We're very versatile. Speaking of versatile. I was born a drag queen too. Lulu Stefani in the house. Um, speaking of versatility, um, if you are not a fan of having a cocktail and you don't necessarily want to just sip on a virgin something and you want to enjoy some wine, hear a word from our sponsors, LeGranberry Wines, and we'll be right back to talk about Hollywood. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's us, the TVBs. Do you want to have some fun? Yes, of course. Tell me more. Let's have a drink together. You want to know how? How? It's fun and easy. All you have to do is go to lgvwines.com. You know where the link is? In bio. That's right. For $29.90 per month. First month, only $5.95. You will get... Four fun-sized bottles. You know how fun-sized they are? How fun-sized? One bottle fits in one wine glass. No way! It's like, what? So, all you have to do is go to our bio, and they have fun bundles just for you. My favorite bundle is called the Decadent Dessert, which is four sweet white wines that feature notes of mangoes, honey, passion fruit, and raspberries. My favorite bundle is called La Vie and Rose. It's sweet and fruity, exuding four different French rose scents like strawberry, roses of course, lemon, and honey. Yum! Sign up today for your exclusive four-bottle offer, and you could skip any month at any time. This makes your tasting experience fun, almost like you're at a carnival, or a cruise. So cruise on over to lgvwines.com. Tell them one more time where they can find the link. In bio. Link where? In bio. Get to it, cool cats and kittens. Cheers, you bee. So we are back. If you are already um, an LGV wine subscription holder, Go ahead and pour yourself a glass slash bottle. I also feel like shout out to LGV Wines because they make you feel so glamorous. They really do. It's like you have a wine flight every night. I just wanted to start us off our next segment with a cheers. Cheers (laughs) to the glamorous people out there. And to your glam squad. Heyo. 
Mine's sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, and Dina is gonna do my makeup, which will be available later this month on Patreon. And believe me, you're gonna want to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Hollywood. Uh, I want to, even though we've given you a brief synopsis and given you little spoilers here and there in the first segment, I want to kind of give you guys a rundown of what happened. So, in real life, there is this woman named Peg Entwistle who was cast in a movie, and she had a large amount of parts, and then she realized that uh, in preview screenings that she had been reduced to two scenes. She jumps off of the H of the Hollywood Land sign. It was called the Hollywood Land sign back then because the sign wasn't for uh, the film district. It was for the neighborhood, Hollywood mm -hmm. Land. And the Hollywood sign that we know of now that's been through several restorations as of the 70s, uh, they... It was an advertisement for this plot of land. So this actress jumps off of the H, commits suicide, and that's really one of like the very first like true scandals of the golden age of Hollywood. What the show Hollywood does is they take this act, uh, this writer who is a gay African American male, and he writes a script about her life. Nobody knows he's... And how she gets there. How, she, how gets she gets to gets actually there. jumping off yeah. the sign. It's about passion and love and loss and mental illness. And uh, he submits the script to several studios and Ace Pictures picks it up, not realizing that he's a black male. Darren Chris decides... Darren Chris's character... Uh, and Darren his... Chris, mind you, is also a lead character yes. in many of the American horror stories. He plays... Uh, but in Hollywood, he plays Raymond Amsley, who's half Filipino, and he's going to direct Peg. And they go through casting, and uh, the best woman for the job is between the uh, head of the studio... Daughter. Daughter. Who's played by Samara Weaving. Yes. A beautiful Australian actress. Uh, and... Laura Harrier. And, um... Also, it is... Camille's chance for a leading role, who is an African-American star. Uh, I believe she was based off of, um... She was based off of... Oh, gosh, I hate that her name is escaping me right now. Lena Horne uh, was one of the inspirations for her. And she ends up getting the role. And a lot of stuff happens. But before this, just to, like, um, insert before I forget, Camille, her acting credits were literally only receiving parts as... Mm -hmm a servant or yes. housemaid, There's nothing a... of any intelligence or integrity or everyone knew that she worked with, um, all of the actors on set knew she had something. something and there's a her. very important scene where she is with Mira Sorvino's character named Jean Crandall, who happens to be um, uh, Ace's mistress. Uh, 
and she's starring in this, and Camille is her maid, and Camille takes some kind of artistic director role and decides to improvise a line, and she goes backstage to, like, reset, and the director... No, no, it was uh, Jim Parsons' character went up to her and was like, if you don't follow the script, we will cut you out of this movie. I don't know who you think you are thinking that you can do this. And then she goes out and does it. Basically, no one's listening to Jim Parsons throughout the entire show. And she goes out and she does it in a very uh, mammy from Gone Mm -hmm. with the Wind. Fabulous. Fabulous. (laughs) uh, Manner and absolutely kills it with charm and She's just a fantastic actress. Remember when she would also take those, like, roles of being, like, a quote-unquote servant, but she would put something, like, her own absolutely, yeah. Uh, Very comedic, very... Just like in this scene when she was, like, running out of the room after um, (laughs) Jean faints. But one of the amazing things is Holland Taylor's character, Ellen Kincaid, sees the magic in her and is, like, the main drive when Ava says, no, we have to cast my daughter. Not because it's her daughter. She doesn't want her daughter to be a star. But she doesn't want She the has, uproar. like, the look of what... She doesn't want the uproar of casting an African-American yeah. lead star in an autobiographical film about a white woman. Mm-hmm. Because, so, oh, Nellie, everything would change. Exactly. So, what they end up doing is they end up changing the name of the movie to Meg. And it's just a vague story about Peg and Whistle, but it's really just about, like, the depths of Hollywood. And they change the ending of the story to, like, not kill herself because she, you know, is empowered. And she realized that this is not the end. It's mm-hmm. only just a hiccup. But then it also has several side stories, such as... Ace, the mm-hmm. studio executive, has a heart attack, which leaves his wife, Avis, played by the brilliant Patti Lapone, who I did not like as an actress or as a person until this show. Really? Uh-huh. I hated her on American Horror Story. I hated seeing her sing anything or act any role on Broadway. I just never found her to be inspiring. So she takes over this com- this studio when... Ace is in uh, a coma, and Showing she female leadership. Yeah, and she up. makes several decisions from allowing Jean to stay at the sh- at the show uh, or at the studio and act in films, even though she was her husband's uh, wife. She uh, gave her like her because, own yeah, movie. Yeah, she gave Meaning her role because she won at the end. Well, and she knew. That she was also guilty of this because here comes another side story. There is the saga of Dreamland. Dreamland. Owned by um, the character played by Dylan, Dylan McDermott. His name's Scotty. Scotty owns a gas station. And the gas station is basically a cover-up for his male escort service. So all of his... Which mechanics, Patty was a frequent client, client of. Uh, and she loved Jack, who ends up starring in Peg, uh, Meg, not because that's her, that was her old flame slash John, 
but that was her old, uh, but he, he was the best one for the role. And when she took over the studio, she started making rational decisions. Yeah, I don't care if the writer is black. I don't care if our co-star is homosexual. I don't care if my, if the leading man used to be my prostitute and you know, publicity almost gets out that, you know, she was a client and he was a star and she has the lawyer shut that down. And, you know, she's like, you know, what happened happened. He's the one for the role. She doesn't care that uh, Camille, an African-American woman, is going to be the uh, the lead. starring romantic female lead and... Ellen Kincaid really pushes her to realize how much of a change she can make in the industry. Well, she doesn't make it in the immediate. In the immediate, no, but Ellen's like, this is what's best. Imagine what we could all it do with this. It takes several different scenes and different roles of encouragement. But I think she finally makes the right decision, and that's what everyone kept telling her. Make the right Decision. And so all the right decisions were made, and then Ace comes out of his coma and starts running the studio again. And there's a lot of drama that happens with that, but it all culminates in uh, them burning the final cut of the film. Oh, yeah. But then they had... They have... Well... I guess you'll have to find the out. Edit, the editor... <laughs> The the film was being highly edited when Ace got back into the studio before they were finally just like, burn all of it. Nobody could see this. There's too much going on here. So what happens, and several spoilers for the last couple of episodes are going to be heard in the next few minutes. <laughs> the editor realized what magic this was, copied every single re reel, and presented it to to the cast and the producers and they ended up filming or they ended up releasing the film and it won a lot of awards including as i said in the first segment we get to see the fictionalized version of the very first african-american female winning actress of the year mm -hmm. at the oscars and it's beautiful and everything is intertwined so beautifully and then you see characters such as um, Jim Parsons character named um, God why do I always forget his fucking name Henry who uh, is an agent who uh, pimps out slash uses his clients for his own sexual gratification um, and looking at all three of our highlights there's a lot of intermittent plots that we're going to see within the highlights that each of us have for the show so i kind of want gina to start out possibly with um the jim oh parsons story Wait, before i go there go i it. was doing a little back-end research you know the fact finder that i am about the character of camille the actress behind the character laura Harrier, she's dating Clay Thompson, Who's Clay Thompson, who is one of the biggest stars of the Golden State Warriors. Oh, so nice. if you're a fan of basketball, the NBA, or one of the best basketball players that is currently, I think well, Gina's they're not... literally wearing a Warriors shirt. I right am now. actually. You are. That is so funny. Um, 
but he's one of the best NBA players of our time. And he's him? basically our age. He's in his 30s. But they're dating. Oh, him. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And when he first started dating her, I was like, who is she? Like, she was such a question mark because he's like the stud. He's like a Steph Curry. They're the uh-huh. Slash Brothers. So he's like just the stud of the NBA. And him being taken by you know, a leading lady. It's like, who is this woman? And now we know who she is. She's so gorgeous. I guess she also played in Spider-Man too. Oh yeah. She was, yeah, she was, um, the main love interest of, uh, Tom Holland. Spider-Man homecoming. Yes. Like anyways, I really enjoyed the Marvel Spider-Man movies and I normally don't like superhero movies. I've been wondering who this like woman was for so long and just never went back to it because clearly we're in quarantine. Well, now she was, the NBA is not happening. Now she's a star. Now she's a star. I feel like now Hol- she's even more famous than the Clay. Ho- the Hollywood <laughs> series has really cemented her place as a really fantastic actress. Um, but while her husband isn't playing, she's playing a leading role. So it's exactly. kind of interesting. Anywho, um, so, sorry to sidetrack, but I just like found that. That's and a fun fact. I have to do my like <gasps> moment as well. There you go. But anyways, um, yeah, I will get into my top three leading moments of Hollywood. Um, there are so many because I love, truly love this show so much. And there's only seven episodes, listeners. Gina and I had a really hard time choosing just three. Yeah, it's hard to do just that. But like I said earlier, Dylan McDermott is one of my favorite actors. And the overall like theme of Dreamland to me is leaving the reality that you're in to just like when you actually order a real prostitute. (laughs) Okay. So, so, uh, they, when somebody pulls up to the gas station and they want to get gas and they want to get their body serviced instead of their car, they say, take me to dreamland. And then, and the way they say it though is very like, take me to dreamland. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for today? Like, the service person will say. And and, and, and you're looking for gas, getting your tires rotated, or take me to dream. You're looking for gas? A gay Uh man. Uh (laughs) Um, Because all of, I believe, um, all of the servicers, we'll say, are men. Um, Oh, and of course, Scotty brings in a shit ton of money, and he's the reason that they're able to actually fund the movie at the end. Yes. Because he's living on a gold mine. Yeah. But anyway. And about to die. Oh, yeah. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the only thing that spoils you guys, then you guys clearly didn't listen to the first uh, however long. So correct. Scotty, a.k.a. Dylan McDermott, owns this gas station, a.k.a. Dreamland. And I think just everything about that sequence, to me, when I first watched the very first episode and saw this dreamland and what was happening and taking away from reality. It reminded me of that movie that was in black and white. Um, I'm trying to think of, it's like on the tip of my tongue where like they're in this, like leave it to beaver area, Pleasantville, Pleasantville and everything is like in color and then it's not, and it's in black and white. I just feel like it's very Pleasantville where you're like leaving this reality to like just kind of our last episode chase this euphoria right. of whether it's like 
passion for an afternoon or it's just like escaping the day-to-day struggles of being in like post-World War II. You know, you're just like becoming someone else or you're living out of fantasy or you're just taking a break. But I think that like the character of Scotty wanted to give that to people. He wanted, he was an actor himself. Mm-hmm. Um, or his character was an actor himself. And it just didn't work out days. for him for yeah. some reason, right? I think it didn't work out. And I think he had to like make money. So yeah. he opened maybe the gas station. Something like that. Something like that. But he wanted to give that to other people um, because he also, I think, was chasing that lust for showbiz, like his entire later years. And I love that you brought up the word chasing because every single character is chasing something, whether Mm -hmm. it's equality, acceptance, um, a dream, Mm -hmm. money, success, Love. love. Yeah. And I really like this. To me, it wasn't love that was found in Dreamland, but it was... Maybe opportunity, because Jack would have never met, you know, um, Patty's character. What's her name? Avis. Avis. Um, And she believed in him. Yes, he got, like, one of the lead roles, but she truly believed that he had something else besides just working. One of my favorite lines in the entire show was... um, she takes him to an auction mm-hmm. and her, oh, yeah. her main reason for going to the auction is because she wants to buy back the uh, soup ladle or the soup terrine mm-hmm. that uh, somebody never returned back to her. And so she uh, takes him as her, her date and, oh, well, man, I can't, I can't be out all night. I, I have a screen test in the morning. Oh, where's your screen test? Oh, it's at A Studios. I'll tell you what. My husband uh, runs that studio. You will be just fine. Uh, Didn't you she ta- say, like, I you own take, that? You take care of Mama tonight, and tomorrow Mama takes care of you. And Mama <laughs> takes care of <laughs> Just call me Mother. <laughs> That's a very Chicago moment, I feel. Uh-huh. But also, um, that kind of leads me... I, I, I actually kind of just want to get my highlights out of the way really quick, because... But that, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have two others. Sorry. But if you want to go into... Oh, wait, no, wait. Is... I'm sorry. Dreamland totally was one of your... I'm sorry. <laughs> go for it. Guys. <laughs> He's trying to take over. <laughs> I'm saying the word glamorous in my head every five seconds. Um, but okay, so moving forward past Dreamland, um, I want to just get into Jim Parsons' character. (laughs) Um, so his character is literally this, like, nasty agent of the time, Henry Wilson, and once you watch Hollywood, and if you already have, like, you'll completely understand, but his role is so much different. Like, I want to talk first about his role yeah, and how different it is. If you don't know who we're talking about, Jim Parsons was in Big Bang Theory. He's Sheldon. Yes. And he also, I think, had another show like Little Sheldon after Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. They did like a spinoff. Absolutely. But seeing him, if you're a Big Bang Theory like fanatic, to this role, I feel like this is not like him because his character is really, like I said, nasty. But he showcases, like, a somewhat non-comedic side to him that's, like, so amazing. And it's, like, 
it's like a monumental role. And if I know there was a lot of like criticism about Hollywood, like the critics really did not love this show. And I don't entirely agree with that. Um, but I do think that Jim Parsons as an actor deserves something for his role because this is like a standout performance in my eyes. But one of my highlights is his dance sequence, which is called like the dance of the seven veils and a little background about the scene. So he's basically dancing for rock Hudson. Like he lures him back to his house and wants to dance for him. But to add on that rock is, his agent rock is in a relationship with archie the writer Mm -hmm. of peg slash meg yes and uh completely doesn't want to be there no but he feels like he has to because a there is a moment where he's willing to do anything it takes to get a leading role or to just really make his agent happy and he thinks that by doing certain things like i'm pretty sure the agent um or his agent like gives him brand, a brand new set of teeth or yeah like, he fixes his, they, he fixes his teeth and besides like his name too yeah, his like, name new teeth new name like new, new diet new workout routine yeah uh, yeah everything but anyways he gives goes him everything but it. the talent he needs right yes <laughs> so this scene is just like to me standout performance standout role um but a little behind the scene so as soon as jim parsons learned that he had to dance on camera and portray this i mean besides portraying this agent in all forms of like negativity to have to dance like and just by negativity you mean like the substance abuse the casting couch the the uh, rudeness just everything yeah Yeah. i mean this was a really bad man yeah until the end which i'll get to but (laughs) um he said it either took him 10 minutes or 10 days to get over the hump of knowing that he had to do this dance of the seven veils because in this role like he's basically trying to seduce rock in a, yeah. in a sense, like, he's bringing him back to his house, and he's just like, this is me. Like, sleep with me. Like, I'm doing everything for you, so you're going to have to do something to me. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to go down on me, you're going to sleep with me, but I'm Or I'm going to watch you have sex with two other men. Yeah. It's just, you know, normal like Normal agent stuff. Yeah. But I guess they shot this number seven times all the way through, and Jim Parsons actually choreographed the entire thing himself. He said he brought up videos of Isadora Duncan and the choreography influenced by her. Um, He also said, I wanted to make sure it had meaning for Henry, who was the agent he was playing. There's a person inside him dying to be an artist that wishes he could have been a performer, and he connects to that. Which is so true. Like, Henry, although he did a lot of, like, things that aren't seen as positive, all he wanted to do was be in the limelight in any way, shape, or form. Unfortunately, he didn't take the right paths to get there. Absolutely not. Um, But you see him, like, at the end when the whole cast, like, certain actors win specific awards, and he's not even, like, included in the photos or the press because... 
he didn't even want like Rock and Archie to hold hands on the red carpet. So he never really had any true inclusion. Um, And he thought to get there, he had to knock people down. And even though he at certain points was like on top of the mountain, it's just like that typical, you know, like, hey, I'm a powerful white man. Um, I have all the power to give you this leading role. Will you do this, that, and the other to get there? And I think certain men did. Um, But it did show Rock question, like, this isn't me. Like, yeah, I have new teeth. Yeah, I have a new name. But am I willing to, like, sexually... Exploit myself? Yeah. So that's one whole, like, I think beautiful sequence, although it is very dark and eerie. Super dark. Um, But I want to end with my third highlight. This isn't really a highlight, but more so just, like, him, and by him I mean Henry, like, coming full circle at the end of Hollywood. He becomes sober. He's very regretful of, you know, his actions for the last however many decades. Right. His whole entire career. And he approaches Avis with, like, a new film called Dreamland about a homosexual couple, which would star Rock as the lead because he wants to give back Rock everything he lost in becoming really Rock. Not Roy, but Rock. And Henry felt very bad about how he acted toward not only Rock, but all of his clients. Exactly. So I just love that we get to see, if it ended with us just seeing Henry be that person which we do in today's society it's also like a he's essentially a part of the me too movement mm-hmm. but it's not it like just an apology tour it's like it's, he wants to I make want, right yeah he learned reparations yes he has learned that what he's done is unforgivable but he's now like looking through a sober mind and I'm not saying that by, How can by, I like, help you now? These yeah. are always going to be your scars, but how can I help yeah. you right now? Like, his life isn't just canceled. It's, like, him trying to do better. And I wish that more people, you know, once they're involved with, yeah, like, the Me Too movement, it's not just, like, okay, their life is over. Like, we're not talking to them anymore. Like, they're always going to be seen in media as that person. No one, I don't think, has really, like, tried to flip the scripts, the script and, like, become sober or become clean or get help for, let's say, a sex addiction. Right. Right? Like, no one has ever tried to get help and do better. Everyone's just, like, it, it, okay. It's more of, like, a, a obsession with domination. With domination, acceptance. Yeah. Um, trying to be perceived as... Not a good person. He wants that. He wants to be that powerful because he knows at the end of the day he's always going to be the pansy that does the dance of the seven bales. You guys have to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) We'll post the dance. We have to post the dance. But anyways, the bottom line is that I'm just happy that it shows. And this is another thing that Ryan Murphy did so well. Who apologizes and gets sober and tries to make things right in the limelight in Hollywood. No one really has done that to try to make a difference and and right their wrongs. Um, and I think that is like an actual weird angle that I didn't think about. Yeah. Because it's I really think a lot of these themes have to do with race and gender um, and equality of certain sorts. But there's not a theme until right now that I've thought about that has to do with like this Me Too movement yeah. and people being taken advantage of and then that person actually trying to right the wrong. Like, obviously, like, 
you know, it's kind of too little, too late. But at the same time, this new film could be season two. <laughs> so of dreamland but yeah so I guess I just never really until I started saying it out loud thought about Hollywood in the sense of there are some real people out there that prey on on you know these beautiful actor and actresses that are fresh out of you know acting school or fresh on the scene like hungry to work and they're like Oh, they're hungry. Begging for auditions, let alone roles. And it's like, they, the appetite is there, but they shouldn't be fed by these people of power that are only going to, like, be taking from them. But, okay, before I go into my highlights, think about this. Henry and, um, and Scotty are essentially doing the same things but one is good and one is evil. Uh, mm. uh, Henry is giving them an opportunity by allowing him to get gain from everything, whether sexually or financially, probably both in every single yeah. case. And then you have Scotty who's putting these guys out there for a chance, but then also, you know, takes them to the industry parties where people like Henry rent one of his boys for the night at one of George Cukor's parties That's with bag hags such as Vivian Lee and Tallulah Bankhead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of my highlights actually That's is an interesting take. all about um, the screen tests that mm. we've been talking about. So, uh, one of my favorite parts, there are four that stand out to me, but Rock Hudson's horrible screen test, and it takes him like 70-something takes <laughs> to get one line correct. It's like, it's like the, the line is something artist. like, you don't know what I gave up to help you, and then he keeps saying sentence. the line is like, I don't know what you gave up to help me. And it's like the complete opposite. Or like, I don't know what I did to help me. And it's like always wrong. Or he like looks at like a deer the headlines. And Jean Crandall is, you know, his scene partner off screen reading the line for him. And she's just like, no, it's okay. You've got that. I love me or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think that she straight up played Marilyn Monroe when she was Marilyn Monroe in Norma Jean oh, Marilyn. Really? Like, it's the same voice, the same characterization. Yeah. I think Jean Crandall is a real life, is the Hollywood uh, equivalent of Marilyn Monroe, in my opinion, based on who they cast to play the role and how the role is uh, portrayed. Yeah. Um, so another screen test that actually broke my heart is when Anna Mae Wong tells her story of how she lost a leading role in, I forget the name of it, but I'll post the um the film the poster a white woman was cast in a oriental film and i don't and that's literally what they called them back in the day uh but it's clearly about a chinese american woman but they cast a white woman mm-hmm. so it's the exact opposite of what avis is trying to do with meg yeah um and they're taking she these does, roles and giving them yeah, to white white women to play yellow face, mm-hmm. black face, uh, and I'm not, uh, or to play a Latin person. Yeah. Um, and also Egyptian and Indian. Everybody was just played by white people. White people. Um, 
And they show Anna Mae Wong's screen test for this movie that she lost out on the role, and everybody knew that she was perfect for it, but they couldn't risk casting an Asian-American woman. And she was born in Los Angeles. It's not like she was, you know, had an accent mm-hmm. or was an immigrant. She was an American, but she was Asian, so she couldn't be cast as the Chinese person, even though she was Chinese, and that act, the white actress won best leading role for it and that led Anna Mae Wong into depression and alcoholism alcoholism um uh and her screen test was brilliant yeah Yeah. and uh she's glamorous she's very glamorous oh no Ryan's so glamorous he finished his entire drink I know (laughs) um and then there's the two screen tests Rock versus um, Jack and Camille versus Claire. Mm-hmm. And all of the screen tests are just, you know, you know how much people want it, but as soon as they deliver it, it's like what you see and that what makes the screen test so raw. And it's mm-hmm. what makes me love the character so much because you actually see who they are as people. Yes, they want all of this, but are they capable of it? Remember when Camille wanted to put like the fake tears in her eyes because and, she yep. didn't think that she could really exemplify like a lead actress role and really like break through to like that. Yeah. Like what the casting like directors would see but and then Darren Chris test. is like don't you don't yeah. need that just find it within yourself and she does it and I her was like oh. test was the best. and that leads me into my next highlight which I've already touched base on a little bit but it's Avis taking over the studio and mm. as I mentioned you know she was going to cast her daughter because she's white but but like you said earlier, Claire does have a moment during her screen test where she She completely gives up. She's like, I'm going to give this to Camille. She yeah. deserves it. Yeah. She knew that she couldn't do what Camille just did. And everybody, the editor and Ellen said, no, she was horrible. She, in so many words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then everything just flips so beautifully and everything comes together so magically. And once... Avis took over. That is beautiful to me. The way that uh, the characters were creating melodies for each other in mm-hmm. a sense, and they were all and there dating for each too. other, dating, each other. and it was all very just intertwined and mm-hmm. supportive. And she really laid the spider web to what the studio was going to grow to become. And, you know, they had their dips, such as the films being burned, such as Ace not dying, and, yeah. a, and a lot happened. But and a lot of people was, protesting, too. A lot of people protesting. The KKK were protesting against Camille. Um, the media cast. was trying to drop bombs about and Jack I working loved, at Dreamland. I love that Camille didn't want to stay at the studio after she was mm-hmm. threatened by the KKK. No, this is my home. I'm going to stay here. If they're going to come, they're going to come to me directly. And she was getting several like calls a day. Call, like one call was, oh my God, I just saw the the full movie. It was brilliant. It was from, I believe it was from Ellen or 
Avis called. Somebody called her from the studio. Oh, it was brilliant. You're, you're Wasn't going it Queen Latifah's to... character? Yes, it was Hattie McDaniel. FYI, Queen Latifah is in Queen Hollywood. Latifah, we haven't mentioned her Queen yet. Queen Latifah plays Hattie McDaniel, who is the first African American in general to win an so Oscar. And she's so glamorous. Jesus, but she's such a beautiful role. Yeah, and, and queer, speaks. and the and the role is also queer. Yeah, we find out that she's in a relationship with Tallulah Bankhead. Yes, um, well, and Tallulah Bankhead was like a huge slut, and there's Scarlett O'Hara written all over everything mm-hmm. from. Vivian Lee being a guest star, and I like the way that they handled her bipolarism. Mm-hmm. It was done very subtly and very beautiful, but also very informative, and it also made me think that that's potentially what a lot of people, including me that I know, might have mildly. You yeah. know, it's like the highs and the lows, and they portrayed that very wonderfully, and um, Tulula Bankhead was the original person who screen-tested for Scarlett O'Hara, and then, of course, Hattie McDaniel was... Mammy in uh, Gone with the Wind. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, So Ava's taking over the studio was absolutely beautiful, and uh, Camille got this call from Hattie McDaniel, and it it was beautiful, girl. I'm so proud of you. And then the next call, you don't hear what the caller is saying, and then Camille, what did you just say to me? What did you just call me? No, you come here and tell me to my face. Mm -hmm. And Ava's... Uh, no, you're going to come live on the studio. No, this is my house. If they're going to come and get me, they're going to, you know, I'm not going to hide. And so it's very, um, that ties into my uh, next highlight, which is this show couldn't have come out at a better time because over all of the context about race comes Black Lives Matter. And this show goes to show what America might be like by what we're influenced seeing on the screen. We're able to see that you can't hide and you always need to fight. People have always thought about this. It's just being filmed right now. But this show features uh, a fictionalized black writer, a several people of color directing and acting in this film and uh, a white Jewish woman advocating for all of them. And these are and all... And these roles have, in this, like, these are all, flip version of yeah. Hollywood, these roles are not taken away from no. people of color, which they never should be. And these prototypes were of characters were always the minorities Mm -hmm. in films and representation, especially in the golden age of Hollywood. And I think that that in itself is a beautiful thing because they were able to weave so many social issues of today and And also bring a little bit of glamour and nostalgia. Yeah. Ryan Murphy was able to write in a way where like people of color and different minorities and different genders and all of these key themes they came out on top they were awarded for their talents not stripped of them and that's i think to me like the the bottom line is that talent can supersede anything drive um and it's i think the time is here and it's now and ironically this show came out at a perfect time and maybe these critics that 
you know, like had so much to say in a negative light about this show and to Ryan Murphy and the other like writers of this show, like maybe they can flip the script because everything that this, that that Hollywood tries to focus on is, is like beautiful. Yeah. And unfortunately Ryan Murphy had to write it in a sense that the world wasn't like that. No. But what if the world was like that? And what if it could be? But things that are coming out right now, some of them are just lining up with this narrative brilliantly. And Hollywood yeah. and Hollywood really does do that. And it also, you know, we're in Pride Month right now, and it also embraces homosexuality and just being queer in general. And, and being a person of color and queer. And one like of that's... the lead actresses is a lesbian, Holland Taylor. Mm-hmm. She's partners with Sarah Paulson. Who's uh, another wonderful Yeah, American so there's another story. Ryan Murphy, like, uh, I don't want to say incestuous, <laughs> but incestuous, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, ensemble casting. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my three highlights. Um, and I literally think in this segment, we talked about just about every single character and plot that there might have been. Yeah. But when we come back from our break, we'll see if any of our Instagram fan questions uh, fill in the blanks. Well, let's figure it out. Let's get more glam. Let's get glamorous. Cheers. We'll be right back after a word from us. Hi, guys. It's me, Ryan. And Gina. Would you like to be a part of our behind-the-scenes experience? Well, I have news for you. For $4 per month, you will have exclusive access to our Patreon content, which includes all of our Season 1 podcasts, behind-the-scenes photos, bloopers, and videos. One for every single TVB's Season 2 episode, where we might cook, we might do makeup. We might play. Who knows? The experience is all yours. Join now. Link in bio. We promise you will not be disappointed. New content weekly. Cheers, ya bee. And we're back. Honestly, uh, that Patreon deal was sounding good to me. I think even though we're creating it, I may sign up myself. You should, and please, listeners, sign up. Because we have a lot of good content, and it's going live on July 1st. Um, Speaking of lives, we've done a few live stories over the past week, and uh, we asked you guys if you had any questions as fans of us or the show Hollywood, if you have any questions that we can answer, and I'm really proud of you guys this week. Same. We got a plethora of questions in, and we had to narrow it down to the five best ones. Um, and, you know, good job not spamming our content, our uh, stories with, um, you know, check out our follow our dog page and whatnot. So the first fan question that we got is, is there a season two on the horizon there has been no season two confirmed, but I am hopeful that there will be a second season, and I feel like the way that the season ended will easily just pick right up where it ended, and season two is all about the making of the movie Dreamland that is envisioned and uh, started by Henry. 
Well, yeah, I'm reading an article that Ryan Murphy answered a fan's question about a second season with a promising response. Oh. Well, Hollywood was planned as a limited series, but it's become so popular that everyone is asking for another season. So who knows? I sure do love this cast, though. I love the cast. I, I mean, I'm going to gonna say there's going to be a yes. Yeah. Especially like we said in the last segment, after um, the current state of the world right now that we're living in and all of these themes being addressed, why the fuck not? Okay, I have... So please, Ryan Murphy, if you're listening. I have a theory. Yeah. If it's not about the making of Dreamland, imagine this, Gina. Yeah. What if they just release Dreamland the movie using actor playing this role as the character in Dreamland? Ooh. And they just released the movie Dreamland. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Okay, I'm going to take it one step further. What uh-huh. if Dreamland, sorry, I know we're in a quarantine, shelter in place, etc. But what if Dreamland was a musical? Like, what if they took it, like, one step further? I could see them incorporating a few well, songs. Well, okay, and what dance if it numbers. was a movie? And they incorporated and song and dance. Y- yes. Same same lead characters. Yes. For the most part. I'm sure some people will be like, ah, I'm not into not musical. Like full mu- not full musical, but, like, a few song a and few dance songs. numbers. A yeah. Few, a Jim a Jim Parsons inspired oh character God. doing the Dance of the Seven Veils <laughs> in Dreamland. It's like the inspiration <laughs> for the musical. I'm digging that. But I'm just imagining the opening scene is like Dreamland, you know, like kind of like bombshell if you ever Pull up and show. get serviced. And all of the like servicemen are like dancing and like doing Dancing, dancing, dancing. They're like, let me service you. Let me entertain you. Okay, <laughs> anyway. next question. I heard Ryan Murphy is the director. Any AHS stars I would recognize watching this? Yes. Dylan McDermott. Um, Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Oh, um, because Darren uh, Apatow was in Euphoria. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, Sarah Paulson's girlfriend, Holland Taylor, is in it. Um, let's see, who else? Oh, Patty Lapone. She was in Coven. Uh, I'd love to see Mira Sorvino in a season of American Horror Story. Ooh, imagine Mira Sorvino and... Uh, Lily Rabe as sisters. I have a question. Yeah. Follow up to this. The character of Archie, where have we or not, like, where have we seen him or not seen him? Okay, so the actor that plays Archie is Jeremy Pope. He was in one film and Hollywood, and he did a lot of theater. Uh, I know that Ryan Murphy is a huge uh, musical theater fan. If you didn't watch Glee, uh, then uh, oh. spoiler alert, he's a huge musical fan. So and I Jack that... was in The Politician. Oh, yes, which is another Ryan Murphy series. So basically, almost yeah. all of the leading cast has somewhat been and like Lee, in something that Ryan Murphy has done. Leah Michelle and uh, this character and Darren Chris. There's some tea about her. I know. Early. We'll get into her <laughs> at Bees Buzz, so you guys will have to tune into that. That's after we get real glamorous. Real, real glamorous. 
Oh, Glamorous. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so there are a lot of American Horror Story slash Ryan Murphy characters. You know who I'd love to see uh, return in a Ryan Murphy series uh, in season two of Hollywood or the movie Dreamland? Who? Willem. Oh, Willem was in. I could Brief see Will. I could see Willem being like a transsexual, like Dreamland, like okay. worker. If we're talking about Niptex, sorry, I just had to look up the cast because Christian Troy, he he would be perfect for American Horror Story. Julian, I'm gonna butcher his last name, but McMahon. Okay. And I know, Ryan, you haven't watched too much of Nip Tuck, but for all of you Nip Tuck fanatics out there, wouldn't Christian be perfect for American Horror Story? Because I feel like he has, like, the devil in him. Wait, who? The lead in Nip Tuck, Christian. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He would... Oh, he would totally He's be good in America. He's a beautiful human being. He would be better than... Look at this he, face. He would... Oh. Um, you know who I was thoroughly unimpressed by? Um, gosh, I've even blocked his actor name. The Ten Commandments Killer. Uh, what was his name? He was in American Beauty. Oh. Um, if you're sorry, listening, comment below. I'm staring at John Hensley. Who I think would also do very well. In no, but I really story. do think that Willem has like the kind of wit and just the kind of street smarts to really take uh, a role in Hollywood to the limit. Like, what if even Willem was featured as uh, a leading actress, but is still a man at the end of the day, but is portraying an actress? Maybe that could be like the first transgender role that they. Yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see. Uh, Let's Hollywood put this down feature. to. We're gonna post about yeah. this. Tell us what your thoughts are, Willem and um, Julian from yes. Nip All right. Um, next. Next question. <laughs> are any of the characters based on real people? Yes. I actually, um, I have exciting news for, <laughs> you know, may, maybe the second time in TVB's slash B's buzz history, I, um, I, I did some fact checking. Can you guys believe us? <laughs> I feel so proud right now. So I'm going to go through this slideshow and tell you, and it was, uh, uh, man, man, not manufactured, published by Refinery29.com. Love manufacturing. Jack though. Costello is an original actor, but he is, it doesn't say this on the article, but he's clearly like the Clark Gable slash, you know, just that typical leading man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie is, you know, clearly a created character to push forward the brilliance of blackness. Darren Chris, of course, plays, uh, you know, an original role in what a Filipino actor could do. Camille. Camille is a prototype oh, sorry. of Darren Dorothy Dan. Also in the assassination of uh, Versace. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that earlier. My yes. bad. Uh, what's that character's name? Uh, uh, I don't know. His, I forgot. 
the... It's gonna come to me. I, I know... I've, I've literally watched that season, like, five times. Why the fuck is his name escaping okay, me right now? Okay, keep going and I'll find it. Camille Washington is based on Lena Horne and Dorothy Dandridge, who are too oppressed. Uh, they weren't given the uh, as many lead roles as they should have been. Claire Wood, she is definitely just inspired by, um, you know, just the stereotypical... Anglo-Saxon actress, uh, Ellen Andrew. McCaid. Ernie, uh, Dylan McDermott, his character's name is Ernie, but he's based on Scotty Bowers, who was a real-life pimp. So whenever we've said Scotty in the past, we meant Ernie, but it really is Scotty, okay? Right, the name is, um... Andrew. Andrew. Uh, Andrew. Kunanen? Kunanen. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Kincaid is an original character. Uh, Avis Amberg. A, a lot of these are original characters, but Rock Hudson was a real homosexual actor. He was married to a woman uh, that was uh, a lavender marriage. For those of you who... Here's a little and bit of queer history. Lavender marriage. Lavender marriage is when a male and female are married, but it is uh, the marriage is arranged by publicity to. It's a hoax. <laughs> present them as straight to yes. the general audience. Which we're not doing in Hollywood. And I do think I'm gonna the show. I mean. I'm gonna bring up something. Okay, Lady Gaga. I love that lavender blonde in, mm-hmm. is a line of the song, So Happy I Could Die. And I feel like that's about her being queer. That lav- She's blonde, that lavender blonde. Yeah, I'm blonde, but I'm a little bit off. She's a little bit tinted. Uh, Henry Wilson, that's based on a true character. The real Henry Wilson actually died penniless and didn't have a um, uh, headstone on his grave until decades after he passed away. But his epitaph now reads star hyphen star maker. Ooh! Uh, Hattie McDaniel, of course, we already mentioned. She is a true character. Uh, Anime Wong, of course, we already mentioned is a true character. Dick Samuels. Dick Samuels is the guy who died at the end. This guy. Oh, I loved him. How did uh, he forget? Uh, um, also, spoiler. Uh, he, th- this article actually does not say if he's, if Dick Samuels is real or not. Um, Maude Apatow is Henrietta. Henrietta is the worst character in the she, entire We show. didn't talk actually anything about her character. So Henrietta is married to Jack. Henrietta is going to have Jack's twins. Jack is a trick at the time. However, Henrietta also, we find out, is pregnant with uh the, the the soda maker the soda maker <laughs> at Schwan at Schwab's drugstore. He, she's having his babies because Jack's apparently been quote unquote too wrapped up in the film. You but know he what, was honey? So, That's how show business works. But Henrietta. he also, I will say, and you ain't glamorous. She's not, but I love her and I love the Apatow family. Anyways, but I don't think that maybe he would have tried as hard if he didn't think he had twins on the way and had to support a family. Exactly. So thank you, exactly. Henrietta. is, of course, uh, he's kind of just like the head of Metro-Golden-Mayer and all of the other big uh, 
Universal Studios and all of the studios. Gene Crandall, as I said before, I literally think that Jane Gene Crandall is based on Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Uh, and then Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay, actually, we didn't mention her getting either. Getting back yet. to question one, this is another American Horror Story alumni that you will see. Harriet Harris played um, the witchy mama of um, Michael Langston, the Antichrist, in this apocalypse season. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? We weren't fucking talking to you, Siri. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow, she's on one today. Um, Harriet Harris was the witchy mama in the Apocalypse episode Sojourn. Uh, his adoptive mother, after Constance killed herself. See, I tried to block uh, that If you watch out. Desperate Housewives, she also played uh, Felicia Tillman, mm. who framed Paul Young for a murder. Okay, but, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and then Vivian Lee, of course, is a real character. Vivian Lee is my uh, tied with my top actress of all time. If you want to find out who that is, listen to Bees Buzz coming up next. Um, Vivian Lee, of course, the star of A Streetcar Named Desire, A Bridge Over Waterloo, and the classic Gone with the Wind, Fabulous. as well as the wife of uh, Lawrence Olivier who uh, was a brilliant Shakespeare star and performed with Vivian in Shakespeare plays regularly online. She actually, you know, before uh, in this episode, I mentioned that a lot of white actresses were uh, pegged as Egyptian characters. Vivian Lee is the main one who played Cleopatra mm. on stage in uh, the 40s and 50s. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, there are inspiration is drawn from all kinds of stars to make all of these characters. I am so proud of you, fact checker. Thank you. I mean, it wasn't as cleanly as you do. He's I just kind of I kind of just went through a list and made like general suggestions, but it's more fact checking than I'd normally do. And for it's that, because of you listeners, I say thank you and you're welcome. <laughs> Next question: How far would you go for a leading role? Oh. How far would I go for a leading role? Do you know what? You know I wouldn't go very far. I wouldn't know, me either. You know what? Here's why. I don't mean to sound cocky. However, I know what I have and I wouldn't I wouldn't try to do anything that's outside my realm just for success. I know exactly what I'm capable of, which isn't a lot. But it's still more than many. Um, Let me just say, if it was a dancing role, I wouldn't go far. And I still wouldn't go far. No, you'd go farther than I would. I wouldn't go far for... No, I'm saying, like, I wouldn't... How far would you go for a leading role? If it was a role of a dancer, let's go. I'm there. But I'm not going to go out for a leading role because I don't really like to sing and acting is like, eh. But if if I'm, like... The lead, great, good for me. But I'm not going to go, like Ryan said, I'm not going to go, like, out of my way to become, like, the lead star when I know my talents are more so in one area than they are the others. I would personally look I would for... love to be a triple threat bitch, but I'm not. <laughs> you know what? I am a triple threat bitch, but not in the singing, dancing, acting ways. I am a great character 
actor and actress, so that's two. Well, yeah. And Char- I'm also I think a bri- and I'm also a brilliant stylist when it comes to head to toe, including skin. You play a really good dead person too. I've played dead people. <laughs> I've played women. I've played gangsters. I've I'm a good character actor, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't audition for Rhett Butler. I wouldn't audition for Stanley Kowalski. I would audition for, like, one of the Marx Brothers. I would audition for Jim Parsons' role. <laughs> yeah, okay, actually, as a fan of this show, I have yeah. a bonus question yes, yes, before we get to our last okay. real fan question. If you were auditioning for a role in Hollywood, who would you be auditioning for? Mm. I'll go first. While you think about it, I would audition for the role of Ellen Kincaid. But is this based on our own talents or just if we were to be whoever we wanted to be? uh, This would be... I feel comfortable enough to play that witty, nurturing character who... who is (laughs) extremely... Brilliant and glamorous. Cheers. Cheers. I would love to be Claire because Claire isn't seen as the lead, nor does she want to be. But she's a star. But she's a star. Deep down within herself, she knows that there's something there. She may not be like the it person on stage, but she does have a presence. She contributes and adds something to the stage and has like that sparkle and glow and is beautiful and glamorous and all those things. But she just exudes this like confidence yet confidence of knowing that even though like they come from money, like that doesn't mean she's going to have to be the lead. And so she doesn't take it. And then she falls and in love with, like, the other lead. And she's so grateful. Mm-hmm. She is so grateful to... She's, she's a humble ass to, 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 You know, she's entitled, but she's humble. Mm-hmm. Which I'd like to say that's myself. <laughs> Same, actually. <laughs> so, no, but I just... I love the character of Claire. But I love that, yes, she... She, at first, you see her and she's a little twat. But then she learns her place... And she excels in that place. I I have to say to all of you listening, what Gina and I have done on stage, nobody else could do in the way that specifically Gina can do it. I've done several shows with her, (laughs) but my favorite moments of her being on stage is me not being in the state. (laughs) No, not being on... It's me not being there. No, no. I'm not on stage, but I love watching her perform. She brings out an intensity in every single role, and there's an effervescence to it. I was recently watching oh, the um, the first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 5, and there's a queen, Alexis Mateo. She's uh, 39 years old, and she was initially on Season 3, which was almost 10 years ago. And there is a certain way that she presented her talent, which was she's a Puerto Rican queen and she did a Boricua dance mm. lip sync number. And the way that she presented the number, and I'll show you this yeah, when we yeah. take our break. Um, I, I will, uh, I have to say that Sebastian and I both commented that there was that effervescence about her and everything that she did was so skillful, but effortless and nobody else could do it like that and that's how I feel about you and that's Aww. that's essentially 
what Claire is as an actress. She doesn't try to be anything other than herself and give what her natural talents are. And she's not like are. a trained actress. Um, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but, you know, I've successfully created a brilliant character for myself, and I have... I, I'm very lucky to be able to host two people in me, and I'm not crazy, guys. I, I literally mean, like, I've created Orchid from the ground up, and Gina was there since day one, and has always remained a muse and an inspiration, and if I were ever a Henry or an Ace or an Archie, I would, I would base every single power I have to make Gina the star that she is, and that's the beautiful thing about, um, a lot of the casting decisions made in Hall, in the mm. series Hollywood, they, they embody the role, and even if the role wasn't written for them, it was written for them. And I'm just going to piggyback off of what Ryan just said, like, because he was saying that, and I want to give you the credit that you did. So thank you for that, like, compliment, because that is huge. Ryan and I have done many shows together, and we also have many close friends that have done theater with us since we were very young, and then also just quite recently, like, post-college and in the last few years, and we have a great theatrical uh, group and something that like not many people understand outside of our realm, but, um, I understand how people are typecast after being in that environment. Yeah. I mean, we just have something special and we share this with a group of people as well. But Ryan, you have, like you said, created this, like, it's not even an alter ego. This is like someone within yourself. So follow at Orchid Queen. <laughs> That's O R C H I D K W E E N. Want to know why it's spelled with a K? Because I'm a king and a queen. There we go. But it's true. Like I mean, you have created something from the ground up, which is really hard to do. To not, I mean, creating anything from the ground up like this podcast is hard. You have to get followers. You have to get momentum. You have to have content. It's laborious. But what you did on the flip side of this is create something that's within yourself that portrays a side to you that you want to bring out that you want others to see recognize understand enjoy entertain even i think and that's that big i i do honestly think that orchid is the twin that i absorbed in the womb um, I have four nipples, and that's the only thing that's left of my twin. And if listeners are still listening to us and want to see those, please personally DM us. <laughs> but, um, no, thank you for that. Uh, but, but it's true. What Even though we're typecast as, like, let's say, specific characters on stage, and these, like, characters in Hollywood were, you know, typecast as specific people but they ended up playing different roles yeah. and I think that is the bottom line is if you are a theater major into theater into like drama of any kind or in society just because you may be a minority just because you may be a specific gender doesn't mean you have to be typecast as that person break out and be Orchid Queen, be yeah. your own. Be Lulu Stefani. Yeah, be, be your Trixie own Mattel. Be RuPaul. You don't have to be typecast. But don't frack. 
Yeah. You don't have to be typecast because of, like, the color of your skin or I'm a female, but I also could be a drag queen. Why not? So, like, I mean, do you. Be you and be buzzing. That's our new uh, slogan. Do you guys like it? If you like it, comment a bee emoji down (laughs) below. Comment a bee and we'll talk more about that and bees buzz. Um, also, uh, So basically, no, wait, we would, we would both not go far for a leading role. We're not going to S your D. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. God, we just really went on a tangent there, didn't we? Sorry, guys. I know, yeah. Not sorry. Uh, I mean, I think we had a breakthrough. We we both know what we're capable of and we wouldn't do anything other than that. Uh, our last question, and it's more of a command, so (laughs) I guess we were double dog dared. Uh, give us your best acceptance speech. And I'd like to start because I yes. thought it out long and hard. And I would Should say... Should we be timed? No. I okay. don't need a timer. Okay. This is... I would say... Thank you. Period or exclamation point? Period. Okay. Thank you. That's it? Thank you. So if you were to receive an award, you would just say thank you and go off stage. I would say thank you. And <laughs> not. Yes. Would you bring your drink up with you? Yes. <laughs> I can see you like wearing a shawl and being like, thank you. And then like <laughs> having the shawl go over your head and just like walking off stage. Guys, I, I actually, I'm writing this down on the things that we, I, I, I'm going to post me doing my acceptance speech. Here's one liner. It should be less than 10 seconds. Okay. My acceptance speech, if I were to win for any of my roles at the Pinal Community Playhouse, would be... Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. It would be, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to become someone else for a night for a month, for half of a year of prepping and preparing for this moment. I hope that everything I embodied, you embodied as well. And I hope I entertained you. Actually, no, scratch that. I think I would just say, I hope I entertained you. Oh, I like that. Like, I, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, okay, I'd like to amend mine. Okay. (laughs) I'd like to amend my, uh, okay, but I, I, I need the full thing. I need the, like, Ryan, the, the... Do you want to be Ryan or Orchid? Who's winning this award? I, and what is it for? Well, Ryan plays Orchid. So, the winner of Outstanding Actress in a Miniseries is Ryan Mart. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome before thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, the amendment was to add. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Period. Thank, thank you. you. Period. Period. <laughs> Smile, nod, pivot, turn. A minus thank you. Hey, Gina, are you ready to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I entertained you. Period, period. Period, period. So we're going to find out which Hollywood character matches our personality. Uh, and Hollywood could... the show, if you guys are still listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the link for the quiz will be in our bio for 
uh, until our next episode goes up. Yes. So um, the first question, what's your dream Hollywood career? And I'm not going to read off all of the questions. We're just going to say what we chose respectively, you know? And my answer is all I know is that I want to be a big, big star. Mine is going to be I'll take any opportunity I'm given, meaning at the current state I'm in, <laughs> I would take like a walk-on role, I would be an extra, I would be a dancer, but I would love to be a star. But I'm going to go with I'll take any opportunity I'm given. I want to be a big, big star, but I need to speak. Yes, and say thank you. <laughs> yeah, like I can't, I can't, um, I can't just like sing and dance like I would never be like the lead in a musical but I could guys we just got a delivery and I know for a fact that it is our um what exactly what we need for our bees buzz we Patreon bonus segment you. so you guys I don't want to tell you guys to like again go like support us for four dollars a month to watch like exclusive content but it's fucking gold, you guys. Message. Oh Hell yeah. Gosh. We have a sexy delivery, sexy man. Delivery. <laughs> Thank you, Walmart. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later, Cory Lynn. Wow. Um, what is your favorite line from Hollywood? And mine oh, is... Mine's going to be, shut the fuck up, I'm dancing. That is a good one for you. Uh, mine is, if you want something, you have to declare it. I truly believe in speaking things into the universe. There I'm going go. to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a star. Uh, what was your favorite part of the show? I loved the Oscars. I'm going to go with seeing everyone succeed. Those were all good options, though. Guys, tell us what you're choosing. Next question, what's your biggest fear? Okay, um, I would never want to be seen as weak or unsuccessful. I'm going to go with never achieving your dreams. There we go. Who We're going you... through a therapy session right now as well. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to go to dreamland with? I'm going to go with Jack. <laughs> I'm going with Jack as well. Ayo! Ayo, he's a hottie. <laughs> he is. I wish Archie was there, though. Oh, uh, Archie is a hot pick too. Pick a pet name. Ooh, pick a pet sugar. Name. Call me anything but in a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Darling, what's the key to success? Uh, being confident. Being confident is the key to success. Having passion and drive. Hey, yeah. Uh, Finally, why did you watch Hollywood? Um... The cast is gorgeous and filled with talent. That, but also because... Uh, okay, so this answer is my love-hate relationship with Ryan Murphy, but it's really There's just no a hate. love relationship. But I'm going to say that. Except I don't... Do they really like Scream Queens? Okay, guys. Breaking news. I got... Claire, who Gina what? would audition for. You may not run into extreme success, 
the description says. Your first time shooting for the stars, but you've got plenty of talent. Try to become a little more independent and develop your own brand for the best chance of reaching your aspirations. It'll be super easy to make friends and you'll be easily loved by all. AKA Orca Queen. Yeah. Um, I got Raymond. Wow. People have the impression you're intimidating in the beginning, but when you open up and they get to know you, everyone learns you're an absolute sweetheart. You really like to help your friends and you're super passionate about your work, taking nothing shy of the best. So you heard it here. Cheers to you, Raymond. I actually love Darren Chris, so thank you so much. (laughs) Now we're going to enter my favorite segment of the TV Views podcast, where Gina reads us a few factual facts. Oh, and now this is a good one, you guys. I really dug deep. So the Los Angeles Times has an article, What's Fact and What's Fiction in Netflix Hollywood. We looked into it. So I'm just going to go through a couple of these because I'm also very curious. Episode one, it goes... Episode by episode, and there's only seven, thankfully. Episode one asks, did golden tip gas really exist? Which I'm actually very curious if Dreamland, that gas station or something like it, did that really exist? I'd imagine so. So the establishment is based on Scotty Bowers, the U.S. Marine turned Hollywood pimp, which Ryan mentioned earlier, who operated out of a Hollywood Boulevard gas station, complete with an onset trailer. In his 2012 memoir, later adapted into a fun, dishy, uniquely nostalgic documentary, Bowers boasts about a client list that included composer Cole Porter and actor Rock Hudson, go figure, both of whom also appear in Hollywood. Yeah. So there you go. Are Jack Costello and Archie Coleman based on real people? Well, Ryan already went through um, that, so I'm going to skip ahead. How did Anna Mae Wong lose a major role to a white actress? I think we kind of we like went that. through that already. Oh. Um, also, guys, uh, I hugely got into watching clips of Anna Mae Wong on YouTube, and I highly recommend it for you all. She truly was phenomenal. Okay. Did Henry Wilson sexually abuse his clients? Yes! In the series, Jim Parson plays the closeted agent who signs Rock Hudson after changing his name and forcing him to participate in sexual acts. It's true. Wilson, who built a lucrative career on turning handsome unknowns into ultra-masculine heartthrobs, was known around town as a casting couch agent coercing aspiring talent into sexual relationships in exchange for career advancement. Hmm. There you have it. Okay, let's see. Let's see another fun one. Who was the first woman to lead a Hollywood studio? In reality, such a thing didn't happen until 1980, when Sherry Lansing was appointed president of 20th Century Fox Productions, making her the first woman to lead a major studio. So 1980, and this is in the 40s. So isn't that kind of crazy? It is. To think that although Hollywood portrays this like skewed version of what we would have loved to have happened, in reality, it wasn't until 1980 that a woman was the head of a major studio. That's crazy. 
was Eleanor Roosevelt part of the film industry, which we <laughs> kind of skipped her over, but um, the film industry is a great industry with, with infinite possibilities for good and bad, she wrote in 1947. Its primary purpose is to entertain people. On the side, it can do many other things. It can popularize certain ideals and, as well as education. But in the long run, the judge who decides whether what is what it does is good or bad is the man or woman who attends the movies. In a democratic country, I do not think the public will tolerate a removal of its right to decide what it thinks of the ideas and performances of those who make the movie industry work. Uh, one thing that I did not mention about uh, Eleanor Roosevelt is she highly encouraged the studio to proceed as they wished. Mm-hmm. Also, one of my favorite stories about the real Eleanor Roosevelt is that Amelia Earhart um, was at a White House dinner, and they both ended up ditching the White House dinner and, and, you know, going on Amelia's airplane and flying around. And I think that's pretty badass. Like, the first lady leaving her own party to, like... Bye, gotta go! Bye, Amelia asked me on her plane. Yeah. <laughs> Is I'm that why she's missing? Do. Possibly. Oh, all right. Uh, Matt, this Carry is interesting. Carry on, my apologies. When did Rock Hudson come out? So, uh, sadly, no. Hudson, whose real name was Roy Fitzgerald, and who needed... It was 38 takes to successfully deliver his own... I his, said 70-something. His only line in his first movie, lived a double life as both the all-American heterosexual heartthrob um, to a closeted gay man. But that's okay. We love you, Rock, anyway. Did a producer try to remove Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz? The editor of Meg reveals that he made a copy of the 1939 film to prevent some idiot producer from cutting the opening song. It's true that MGM mogul Louis B. Mayer wanted the tune trimmed, believing it was too sad and complex for young children. Another producer threatened to withdraw from the entire project in order to get the song to stay. It went on to win the Oscar for original song, and topped in it topped the song of the century list by the recording industry too. That's interesting. And we already know that um, McDaniel she wasn't allowed at the Oscars. No, actually we didn't say that, but I wanted to mention that when I was answering the Oscars question, I find it very disrespectful that they didn't allow uh, Hattie McDaniel to sit in the audience or at one of the main tables when she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress of, I believe it was the 1940s Oscars. um, 1939. 1939 Oscars, where she was nominated for uh, Gone with the Wind. Um, She said, they told me I could wait in the lobby, and if I won, someone would come tell me, and then I could go in. Somebody leaked that I was going to win, so just before they announced my name, they shuffled me in the back and sat me there. McDaniel, the daughter of two former slaves, was actually seated inside, but only because the film producer petitioned for her to be allowed in. She didn't sit with her co-stars, but at a separate table with her date. She was the only black woman in the room. She became the first black Oscar winner, but it didn't dramatically change her career. 
another black actor wouldn't take home an Oscar until 1964 for Lilies in the Field. So that is like a huge, huge part um, that I think could have maybe been addressed more, but Camille and um, her character, Queen Latifah's character, did have like a whole scene at that dinner table or like they were getting cocktails. I I do have a good story for you, but the uh, set of Gone with the Wind was desegregated by Clark Gable, mm. Clark Gable, um, who insisted that Hattie McDaniel and uh, Butterfly McQueen and everybody else who played um, slaves in the film were able to sit at the same tables on set and interact with whoever they wanted to on set. Um, even though Clark Gable played like, you know, the country, all America, he was honestly one of the best front runners in the desegregation movement of the golden age of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think that everything about the making of the uh, Gone with the Wind Fabulous. is so groundbreaking. You're having an English woman play a Southern woman. You're having the... It won several awards, including Hattie McDaniel as the first african-american to ever win an oscar everything was just so right about the casting of that film and and if you haven't watched it please do yourself a favor i feel like a lot of hollywood was based on gone with the wind in terms of the casting hype and the the scripting and the i think ryan murphy agrees ryan murphy is a true ally to every single thing that is I know I'm kind of disappointed in BuzzFeed when they said love-hate relationship with Ryan Murphy because I have nothing but respect for him well no 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 hold on I do have to fact check you there because if you go onto our Patreon and listen to the very very first episode that we ever did American Horror Story you said just like Nip Tuck Every Ryan Murphy story kind of fizzles after a couple of seasons. So I don't think that the hate is directly about him. We'll have to really but it's find about, that clip. <laughs> it's about his storytelling uh-huh. and, like, the way that, like, stories Well, it does evolve. take a dip. Certain American Horror Story seasons, I don't remember because they weren't noteworthy. However, with Hollywood, you know what happens? Nothing but good. Mm-hmm. Which I think for Ryan Murphy fans, it's like the first time you're really seeing something that's happy. Yeah. Like, there's no dark demons in the closet. I mean, there's, like, underlying yeah. themes. Obviously, this is a twist to how we wish things would have been. But there's nothing. There's, like, no, like, real concrete, like, hateful or wrongful deaths or, like, slashings. or nope. There's no, like horror or blood gore it's like purely magic. any deaths and i think there's only one of this movie is purely for story purposes yes because you want to think somebody it's else very died. glamorous they, it, <laughs> i just wanted to drink you stop yourself um you know your facts are actually 
one of the highlights for me of this show because they bring up honest conversations about not only our thoughts, but how things are actually being run today. Yes. Um, do you have any more for us? No, that's all. All right. This was a quick one because it's interesting that this is a limited series. There's only yeah. seven episodes, so you can really stream this like in a couple hours. I can guarantee whether it's season three, four, or five of our 12 blocks of seasons <laughs> that we've allotted to ourselves, we're going to recap season two as its own episode when it becomes it. And I'm speaking that into the universe because I, I, I know that it's going to be something. And uh, I want you guys to all enjoy this next commercial from us before we give our final thoughts, recommendations, and ratings. In your best transatlantic accent, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It's Ryan from the TV Bees, and I'm here to wish you a happy Pride Month. We're going to stay fresh and beautiful and proud all month with the help of Avon, the number one beauty company in the United States. All month long, until June 23rd, I'd like to offer a little bit of charity to you all with any purchase that you make through me on youravon.com backslash R-M-A-H-R-T. Any purchase that you make, I will match the commissions that I've made off of that sale and donate it to Black Lives Matter as well as the Human Rights Campaign for LGBTQ Rights. Please consider making a purchase, not only for yourself, but to help others in need. Thank you so much. Happy Pride. We are back, and we know every single thing about this industry, because I use skincare by Avon. And I was born into it. <laughs> um, what are your final thoughts on the show? I feel like that question is kind of redundant at this point because, you know what, it's... If you don't know already, yeah. then you clearly skip to the end. We've literally talked about everything that we like about, so, you know what, cheers to the glamorous final thoughts The glamorous, segment. glamorous. No more will you get final thoughts. We're doing away with it. Anything that uh, we might have that we haven't talked about, you know what? Good riddance. That's for you to DM us and talk about with us. Um, we but do actually, let us know we, like, what you think. Yeah, we do encourage you guys to DM us on Instagram because we love to talk about what we're watching. Um and if you love Hollywood, then we have a few adjacent things to Hollywood that you will like. So it's time for our segment of dun 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 supplemental information. What information? Ryan, start us off. <clears throat> well. I have a fantastic book written by Kenneth Anger, 
who is an American underground experimental filmmaker, actor, and author. And he uh, published a book in the year 1959 called Hollywood Babylon. And what it unravels is the scandals of the silent films and early golden age of Hollywood. And it even covers the death of Peg and Whistle. Ooh, the silence and secrets. Yep. It also uncovers the lavishness of Miss Gloria Swanson, who starred Mm. in uh, Sunset Boulevard, the 1950 film about aging. My personal idol, Norma Desmond, that character is everything to me. Uh, And it... uh, (laughs) The cover of it is Jane Mansfield in her infamous dress where Sophia Loren is looking at her in disgust uh, and her nipples are like kind of showing and it's all about the scandals of early Hollywood and the film series, uh, the movie industries and there is a YouTube film series also entitled Hollywood Babylon that reenacts many chapters of the book so if you don't feel like reading it just type in hollywood babylon on youtube and you'll be able to see um you know biopic mini versions (laughs) of every single story and i've i've been reading this book literally since last march it's not a very long book but all the chapters are very short so it's like once a week once every two weeks I'll read a chapter or two that are five to six pages long and it's like okay that's a little bit of tea just to take me back to that nostalgia and then I just I (laughs) you stop (laughs) I love old Hollywood love old Hollywood um and Hollywood Babylon really picks up on what I love about Hollywood, but you also find, you know, that's why I love Real Housewives so much. I will buy any of Erica Jane's shoes, but I also love seeing what she's doing behind, in her personal life, aka filming. Um, (laughs) She's a pretty mess. She's a pretty mess. Uh, She, uh, I love behind the scenes stuff. One of my favorite things to do, Gina, and I'm not sure if you ever do this, but if there's ever a movie that you love, look at the IMDb trivia section of that movie or show Mm. and you will see a lot of behind the scenes tea oh that's cool yeah um one of my favorite ones actually is the wizard of oz oh there uh, are some trivia between the munchkin the death the the aluminum makeup the buddy ebison erasure um yeah i i I think that hollywood babylon How about this? That'd be a fun game. Bonus content on our Patreon. Watch us dramatically read in transatlantic accents. Beautiful. The but that's only if you're a member. of IMDb. It's only $4 a month. If you can afford a coffee, you can afford us, mama. I'm not And cheap. if you can afford a tea to drink. <laughs> um, Gina, do you have any supplemental information for us to I watch? I do. So we've been talking about Claire, who's played by Samara Weaving. And I've been... Isn't off- Samara the name of the little girl from The Ring? Yes. Love Ooh, that. Uh, we should do a horror... 
You kind of look like the ring girl when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Ryan came to my door at 8 a.m. PST. She was still asleep. She said, come over at whatever time. I'm usually awake at 6 or 7. I come over at 8, and I woke her ass up. <laughs> I was like, hello, FedEx? Is that you? And I'm staying the night so we can record extra <laughs> so special content for you we can play all day long. But anyways... So, uh, Samara Weaving is also in this recent movie that I just watched called Ready or Not, which also stars Adam Brody, who I love, um, the OC, not the, like, reality show on MTV, but the actual OC, which starred Adam Brody. So, if you're a fan and want to see him back on the silver screen, Ready or Not actually, like, is the epitome of female empowerment because Samara Weaving, do you want me to give you a spoiler or do you think you'll watch it? It's a thriller. Give it to us. Okay, so HBO just came out with something called HBO Max and they have tons of new shows and movies and just content for us to really squeal it and shelter in place about. So I'm squealing about Ready or Not. Um, Probably wouldn't see it in the theaters, but just streaming it on my couch It is amazing. It's about Samara Weaving. She's basically, like, about to marry, which she ends up marrying, this man. And he's like, well, you have one more thing to do after our marriage is to play a game with my family. The game ends up turning into, like, a murderous hide-and-go-seek. And let me just say... Oh, I've seen that trailer. Yeah, it came out, like, it's recent. I've seen the trailer, yes. I Now I know what you're talking she about. She is the true winner of Hide and Seek. Basically, no one is, no one else is left standing. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. So check it out if you want to see her dominatrix on top. Um, she's amazing. I love her so much. But in completely opposite role reversal, she's um, maybe, like, a supporting actress, not, like, as high as she was in this leading role. She's, but she's there. She's in this show called SMILF, which I don't know if you've ever heard about. Never. It stands for Single MILF. I'd like to. Single mom I'd have. like to fuck. And each episode, which is really crafty, they change like SMILF. So it'll be like selfie mom I want to because that's like Selfish she's mom I'd yeah. like to. So it's like, it's so cool how they like kind of twist and turn it. She plays, um, the Did new... they ever do like sushi mom? No. Oh. But maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's completely over yet, but I could be wrong. Rosie O'Donnell stars in it. Um, it's yeah. created, written and directed by Frankie Shaw, who also, I just recently saw in Homecoming, which I talked about in our last Bees Buzz. Anyways, she, um is like this beautiful character who's very conflicted and she plays the new girlfriend of the lead character's baby daddy. So it's a complete different um, way to see this actress um, from Hollywood and also Ready or Not. So she is like, I think on top right now, she's like starring in so many different things, but I do agree to say with like the whole cast of Hollywood they've been in so many so many like different acting roles and Clay Thompson's girlfriend Camille had no idea until you start researching these characters 
and what they've done before. So snaps to you, girl. Check and, out Samara Weaving. Not and snaps only, to Clay Thompson if you're listening. <laughs> not only on Smilf and Ready or Not, but also if you haven't watched Hollywood and are willing to watch it after we've spoiled the entire Seven season episodes, to you. people. Um, I feel like you have a, you guys have a lot to watch right now. You but, have a lot of homework. Um, <laughs> in true TVB's fashion, I'd like to end this episode with our king, bee, and queen. And in a recurring theme of today's events, I'd like to go first. <laughs> go, um, my queen bee is Ellen Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Because of everything that I've said in my um, top three words to describe the show in the first segment, she's classy. Mm-hmm. She is she's glamorous. glamorous. Drink. That's two clank clank. <laughs> um, and for my king bee, it's Archie. He broke mm. barriers. He broke mm-hmm. barriers. He remained strong. I could see him in the musical adaptation Same. of Dreamland that will write. Same. I I, Love Archie. I I think that was such a well written character and my hats go out to you, Ryan Murphy, for creating such a beautiful experience during this dark time. Yes. Completely agreed with that. Juna, do you have a king and queen bee for Yes, us? and mine are going to differ from yours. My okay. king bee, as you guys have heard all throughout this beautiful podcast. Let me guess, is it your hall pass? It's my hall pass. <laughs> it's um, Scotty, a.k.a. the pimp, a.k.a. Jonah <laughs> McDermott. Um, and I really hope... A.k.a. Rubberman. Oh, a.k.a. Rubberman, yes. Um, <laughs> um, hashtag... Stay protected. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Anyways, I really hope that there is a season two because we may not see him for the full season two. Spoiler alert. He's sick. He's so sick. He's so sick. He's so not good. He's so not healthy right now. But um, I just love the way his character not only owns dreamland creates that experience but then he wants to give that to others and give back what if his emotional and mental being is his prescription in season two what if he's not really real and he's just a dream like dreamland is what if i'm not real what if we're all not real anyway so that's my king v queen v obviously is claire um and if i haven't already said it before it's clearly stated that I love anyone that's like a runner-up for their own reasons, and Claire is just like such a beautiful character because she also changes her tone. She realizes the type of person she is, and she changes that narrative and rewrites her own, and then she falls in love with Jack, and they become engaged, and it's just like so... It's like a beautiful turn of events. So I am going to have to say um, good old Scotty and good old Claire for my King Bee and Queen Bee. Um, one word that I want to leave us on before we go into our bees rating is scaffolding. No. Oh. <laughs> Thank God. I was hoping someone would mention that. 
Um, if you guys know what we're talking about, please comment below on whatever platform that you are <laughs> um, listening. If you if you know exactly the scene that we're talking about, you'll be entered twice into our giveaway that is live on June thirtieth. Um, should we do it? We should do it. Let's okay. just go right into it. Uh, we always rate things on a scale of one to three, B plus, B and B minus, and at the count of three, yes, we are going to proclaim what our rating is for Hollywood's review. Okay. On B's buzz. One, two, three. B a plus. plus. B plus, you said? Well, we don't ever do oh, A's. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. B plus. <laughs> B plus. Ryan's forgotten the rules. But our, I'm feeling glamorous. Our B plus is like an A plus. Our B plus, okay. It's just I, in our own B vocabulary. I feel like A plus is any A. A is between a C minus and a B plus and an A minus. No, no, uh, no. No, I'm sorry. And a B minus is kind of like a D plus to an mm -hmm. F mm -hmm. for us. Definitely. We're going to do our, we're going to post this in our highlights, what our rating score is. Yeah, we need to post our And I'm writing it down right now so I remember because I'm feeling so glamorous right <laughs> He's feeling so good. Um, so, again, just watch everything that we've recommended, interact with us, support us on Patreon, support us on um, our uh, Buy Us a Drink in our... And any of our platforms we're streaming on. Yeah, we're streaming everywhere. Like, comment, subscribe. And then catch us for next week where we are going to continue our June hashtag oh, yes. 2020 Pride theme. One and of Ryan's favorites. One of my favorites because one of my favorite drag queens has come from the bowls. And you will be able to see Gina make me over into <laughs> my favorite queen of the world. Get bowls, ready, y'all. Uh, where we cover Pose. Also, by Ryan Murphy. Go figure. What? <laughs> Thanks, uh, at Ryan Murphy. <laughs> so, you know what, guys? Thank Sorry you. about my one um, comment about you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have to check and bring okay. up. I am sorry that um, also BuzzFeed <laughs> said they hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. Because it's not true, but you know what? Enjoy Hollywood. Enjoy And get us. glamorous, y'all, if you're not get already already. Glamorous. Cheers, you Because you know what? If you stay glamorous, you don't gotta get glamorous, okay?